bad has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Um, today we have Coach Val, who ha- has done a clinic for us back in the wee old days of 2020. It's been many a moon since then. Um, Coach Val, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. No problem, Coach. Um, kind of, I mean, kind of before we get there, I mean, it, his link to his video will be in the bio. So if anybody wants to check out his clinic, he gave almost three years, God, three years now. Uh, I know. Um, you can check it out there, but kind of, you want to kind of re- just briefly re go over your background and kind of uh, changes kind of the, the CJB since um, 2020? Yeah. So um, I'm a Minnesota boy, uh, born and raised, moved to Dayton, Ohio in 2012, got uh, hooked up with Marcus Colvin that year. Um, I was actually the D-line coach in 2012, 2013. I hopped over to the offensive side and we kind of went from a pro style offense, uh, lead draw type to uh, a little bit more of a spread with a little bit more 12 personnel. And I helped the then coordinator, Nathan Hyde, at that time, kind of designed that offense. Nathan left the next year. I took over as offense coordinator till from 2014. Um, and then in 2016, uh, Maurice Harden, Mo Harden, out of Z- he's out of Zini now. Me and him did the offense together for four years. Um, and then he left again in 20, after 2020. Um, and I, I went to doing it by myself again, 2020 one, and then Marcus left to take the Beaver Creek job. And, uh, we hired Earl White and we transitioned from a spread personnel, a little bit more of RPO base to, uh, the double wing shotgun, double wing, which, um, has has been a transition, but um, it's it's been been pretty good so far. We led the league in obviously in rushing. We actually did lead the league in total offense. I, I imagine Baden would have passed that. They played a few more games, but we we were right there in scoring as well. So the offense was still clicking, and the kids kind of really got got it going near the end of the year. Good. I mean, kind of you want to talk about that transition. I mean, that's yeah. I I've I've been in the under center doubling, uh, for a brief period of my career. Um, do you want to kind of talk? And I and I actually coached against a shotgun doubling team this year. Um, okay. But do you want to talk about that transition from okay, we're a spread RPO offense. It's, I mean, that, I mean, nice thing is both offenses are based around power concepts. Um, but do you want to talk right. about the transition from that spread RPO? or read an overhang or reading somebody and RPOing off them to we're foot to foot running a double tight, double shotgun wing. Um, right. and so for me, it wasn't as big of a transition just because we ran so much power, so much counter, um, so much uh, tight end counter as well. Uh, and then I tried to kind of make it 
make our guys feel that way. Hey, you know what? We were in power encounter. That's what we do. Uh, in 2021, I was really not in the in very many tight end personnel sets. Um, I was not in very many 11 personnel sets because we had four good wide receivers and we had a, a tight end who was very athletic but hadn't played football before. And we ended up needing him more at defensive end. So I was, I want to say in 2021, uh, I, our offense was probably, I want to say 60 or 70% RPOs. Like I called RPOs all of the time. There was always a, a pass option off of runs. There was always a, a run option off of passes. So we were, we were RPO, RPO, RPO compared to when the coach, coach Harden was with me. We were a little bit more uh, tight end based, but getting into the shotgun double wing, um, we obviously double teams at the point of attack. It's a big, big part of it. Um, what what I was not used to was having the, that second polar. So teaching that either the back, some teams will pull the backside tight end, we pulled the, uh, or some teams will pull the tackle, we pulled the tight end. Uh, that was a that was a big difference. The splits are a little bit different. Um, the biggest difference for me is with our offense before it was it's very quarterback centered. Um, the quarterback's got to be a dude. He's got to be able to read. He's got to be able to think. Um, and with me having a, a senior quarterback that started two and a half years for me uh, in 2021, I kind of said, "Hey, this is if they give you this." you got your, your choices to take your leverage. We can run it here if you got numbers. And then I had, I had a good uh, wide receiver that's playing up at Grand Valley State, um, Owens, and I would just run him on motion. I'd be like, hey, if they don't bump, just flip it out to him. If they do bump, just give the ball. So it was real like simple, simple RPO stuff like that, um, where this is a, a system. Uh, this is not necessarily looking for matchups. This is not necessarily looking for leverage things that you would normally see in a spread offense. Um, you're looking now to, okay, how's the DN playing on the tight end? How's the DN uh, reacting? Things that you, I guess you would do if you're in a more power encounter, but it's not as big of a problem. Um, one thing I really like out of our, our double wing set is that they call it the Trojan play. It's just a, a buck sweep variation. That was actually our most efficient and our most explosive play this year. And Honestly, in the offense that uh, me and Mo kind of put together, the, the play we tried to get to work every year was the buck sweep out of it, and we could never do it. Um, maybe he's had a little more success with it. Just just the angles of that 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 sniffer kind of coming on the down block and sealing him off. It just never really worked very well if you're you're in that that twenty personnel look, where obviously if you got a fullback, a tight end, a wing back. Now you've got the ability to get a double team with the tight end and the wing. Now we're just kicking out a gap over. So uh, when we played McNick Nicholas this year, they they were they're real well coached. They we knew they were going to spill and with that guy, and so you just would leave him, and the tight end would uh or would block down, and the wing would just wash him down, and you'd be out the gates to the outside. So I really enjoyed that uh, play that I could never really get going very well in the gun. I'm sh I, I know some teams have, and I've looked at like some of the Auburn stuff and, and that, but I've never been able to really get that play to hit as, as well. Um, as far as the kids, we didn't have a great wide receiver class. We have a, 
our best wide receiver actually left us and went went to another school. Um, and then we didn't have a quarterback coming in. Our our quarterback played wide receiver last year. He was all conference wide receiver in the GCL, but he's also a, a D one baseball player. Um, so if we were to run spread last year, we could have, I think. Um, however, I think this was the best, best situation for it. I mean, he's probably the fastest kid on the team. So when he did get out there, he had a 99 and a half yard touchdown run against Edgewood, um, backed up. I actually hurt my knee on it celebrating. I pulled a Gramatica. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I was legitimately like hurt. My, my wife, uh, who's a doctor, she's like, you, I had about five people come up and tell me you were hurt, but I saw you walking. So I just went home. I was like, I, yeah, I'm okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, I was just too excited on that night. It was like, there was like 30 seconds left in the half too. So um, got to gotta do stupid stuff every once in a while. But just having a kid like that back there. So now you have the, the running back as a, th- uh, a run threat. The fullback can get the ball on that short snap wedge, which I had never seen before and seen coached like that. Everybody has some variation of the quarterback sneak, but those wedge guys, like Coach White just telling you how we're, it's supposed to fit and and go. It's it's literally a, a wedge, um, and it, and he would run it on like third and eight, and we'd get nine ten yards on that stinking play, uh, and it always surprised me. But um, and then just having 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 a running back, our, our running back this year had twelve hundred yards. Um, I think we've had one or two running backs over a uh, thousand yards while we I've been here. Um, we've, we've, I think we were first or second in yards last year as well, but just keeping that tradition of high powered CJ offenses going, it was, was good. And it was just, it was a transition for the kids. They're used to, uh, things being one way and being coached a certain way. And they just, they, it, you know, it's part of life. Things change and it might not always be exactly what you expected, but you got to make the most of it. And really get after it now, now kind of continuing from there like I mean you, you obviously that's a transition and um offensively like formations general plays are different obviously you're I mean you're still running power but it's a little different mm-hmm. um but how did your I want two-part question is one how did your practices change offensively and then two how did did you have to change any of your drill work um for what you were doing uh, I, coach white kind of let me take charge of the practice plan. Um, what was the biggest transition for us is, uh, my understanding, a lot of teams will just do an inside run period while they do Skelly. And, um, we didn't do any of that. We, we had a long, uh, team period, was, you know, 20, 25 minutes, which was a little long, but, um, on, we used to film inside run from the sidelines once a week uh with with coach colvin and <laughs> we we got done uh with with ins- we got done with team and they go i go they're like when are we doing team i go we just did team because that was an inside run i said no that was team <laughs> we just run the ball so much uh i mean coach white's we're gonna run the ball 90 95 probably percent of the time um i think the game we threw the most was against baden um, and it was all play action stuff. Um, 
And then he let me do uh, the two-minute offense. So I just took one formation. I said, you guys are lining up here. We're going to run like four plays off of it. And he gave me like a, a few minutes a week to work on that. But um, we once our once our best wide receiver got hurt against Fenwick week five, six, um, that <laughs> the effectiveness of that kind of dropped dramatically. So the I get a little bit more... T- individual time which i did not hate um offensive line coaches always want more and more individual time uh i heard an interesting discussion on twitter uh a few weeks back about everyday drills do you actually do everyday drills and i kind of thought about it. i was like oh no i really don't so i had some drills that we would do probably once a week um and then for me individual is about fixing problems and knowing those those small battles during the week that are coming up, whether it's hey hey I know that they're this is gonna be a tough double team for my guard and my tackle this week or my my tackle and my tight end so we're gonna rep this and and, and I'm gonna try and drop drills that um most represent what we are going to see that week so one I try and fix fix problems. Hey, we weren't good at blocking. We weren't good at pulling this week. We weren't getting up into the hole at the right spot. We were overrunning or we were doing something of that nature. So, hey, I need to design a drill that we can pull up more. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just, why don't we just pull and pull into the fence? Well, we can't go any further. So drop a drill, something like that. Um, the one thing that was really different is and that I I was prepared for because I'd watched enough double wing stuff and we had coached against Coach White uh when my my first two years at CJ is that the D lines cut a lot in uh in that. So I wanted to try and figure out a way to safely replicate that. Um I know Coach Murphy's got got some different stuff that he does for it, but what I found was the safest model was just like taking those um, agility bags and throwing them at their legs off of the snap. Um, and you know, just little things like that um, were different. Uh, defensively, obviously, didn't change anything. Coach White wanted to prep. In years past, we would have more like an offensive focus day because you could then get most of your offensive coaches there and then a defensive coaches day. Um he, we didn't have that uh, because we he was hired so late. We were a little short-staffed compared to what we normally are. So I actually coached DNs for the first time, coached D-line for the first time since 2012. Um, I know that a lot of schools will have guys coach both ways, and, and I had before as well. But we've been lucky enough to have a, a large enough staff to be able to coach one side of the ball. And, you know, you got a few O-linemen that you know are not going to play defense line, so you can work little things with them and little fixes with them um, when you're, when they're on, on defense, but I actually had to coach defense this year. So that was a little bit different, but uh, it, it's kind of nice to um, get into that defensive mindset again, after being an offensive guy, I was actually a D coordinator in Minnesota. The last two years I lived in Minnesota uh, way up North and that I know helped me a lot as an offensive uh, designing an offense, calling an offense, because you can uh, really start to, to figure out, hey, what are the rules and what are their, hey, they're going to squeeze every time. Well, we can we can do this, or they're going to try and cage everything, and we we should be able to do this. So that really helped me a lot um, in the, in that area. But go back to the drills. 
Um, I, I really like to write down all my drills um, and design them out on paper. I, I literally, if you can see this here, I, I'll literally like, um, there you go, like literally draw out my drills and then, then, cause then I can remember, Hey, what did I do? Um, and I, I have recorded them, but I don't remember exactly where I kept those. I've recorded a few of those drills and tried to keep like drill tape and stuff. Um, but I, I, for this, I did get look at a lot of uh, Coach Murphy out in California's drill stuff. Um, as far as the double wing blocking, it's a little bit more shoulder based because it does hit a little bit faster, um, which I hadn't used. I'm, I'm, I'm traditionally a double under type guy. Um, I like those hands coming low, um, but it, it, it ends up being a lot like veer blocking. If you look at a school like Fairmont, they're really, I mean, just firing off the ball, real flat backs, head up, firing through. So I'm um, really trying to preach that to those guys. And, and you can see it with the young guys. They really buy into it right away. Some of the older guys, it became, a, you know, they've been taught by me one way. Um, and I actually coached the quarterbacks last year. But um, the guy we had last year coached is very similar to I do. So they've been coached pretty much just one way for the last four years or three years. And now they're trying to do this different way. Uh, there's a little bit of resistance to it. Um, yeah. We had we had uh, all Southwest Ohio O line, one O lineman, one honorable mention. I think we got two um, two. Let's see, two first teams, one second team, one honorable mention. O-line. I had mostly seniors. I only had one junior up front. But by the end of the year, we had two freshman tight ends starting at tie, uh, for us, which uh, was a little bit of a challenge. And But we had a sophomore as well who had never played football before. So it was just teaching him those ways. And you watch him on film and he does the exact technique. You show where the other guys revert back to some of the, the other technique that we had, we had seen. So you're fighting that a little bit. Um, but it, it wasn't as big of, a, of an issue. Um, I and, and going in, I knew about the offense. Like I said, I I'd coached against Coach White, um, and I, I I'm a football guy, so I like all things. I, anytime a team sells out on an offense, I find it very fascinating. Like, oh, you're you're air raid. Well, why? What do you like about it? And you know, that's real cool. Oh, your wishbone. What do you like? Your 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 split back beer, and they, not just like a grab bag type of offense, I guess. Um, I always found it interesting. So I had studied this offense before, um, and I'd actually, when I was doing my student teaching back in Minnesota, was on a single wing offense um, as well. So I had kind of some ideas about it. And if you execute, it's very, very difficult to stop. I know people like, oh, it's a youth offense. Well, yeah, it works in youth too, but um Teams that run it are tough. I mean, when Earl, I think I want to say 2011, Coach White set the record for most points in a season of 860-some points or something ridiculous like that. I think Athens might have broke it with Burrow, but um, I had seen it personally. So the two years that we had played Coach White when he was at Thurgood, um, the first year, he, my first year in Dayton, actually, we got beat 69-10 to 10 by that team. Um, I believe they lost in the state semifinals that year. They're very talented. Then the next year, we ended up playing them um, and beating them 58-55. So 
um, the offense was not the problem for for them uh, in in 2012 uh, when, we, when we played them. So he scored over 100 points just on on me in two years. So I knew it worked. Um, and just seeing it firsthand, and and let's be honest, coach coaching in the city can be difficult. Um, and you look at one of the guys that has had proven success year after year. He, I mean. Even when he was at Meadowdale the year before, he was five and four. And I don't think they'd won a game or won one game in the first th- last three years. So um, he gets he gets that offense clicking. He gets that offense going. And uh, one thing I would say that the offense does that is a little bit different than uh, what I what I've done in the past is it it really you hold the ball a lot longer, um, which I think can be very very helpful for the defense. Um, my, my first year, uh, as OC was when the Oregon, uh, go fast stuff was really, really trending. Um, and that's what we did. And we scored tons of points. I had, uh, Jacob Harrison at quarterback and we were scoring, I want to say we were average well over 40 points a game that year. Um, but we also gave up a lot of points because our de- your defense is out there the whole time if you're scoring so fast. I think that that slowing things down a little bit, uh, holding on to the ball a little bit, I think there is something to be said about that. I know there's statistics with college that says it's not as big of a deal. But um, when you're talking about high school, I think I think just holding the ball some, keeping your defense off the field. I mean, if, they, if you're playing a team that has an explosive, explosive offense, the more you can sit on the ball, I think the better. You guys still got to get first downs, but uh, that can go a long way. Perfect, Coach. And then kind of, I have two, two final questions for you. Is, is one, um, you, there were several games this year where you either, A, didn't complete a pass, or B, didn't even call the pass. Um, <laughs> kind of, and, and one of them was against your school's, I mean, arguably our tribal. What one? What is that experience like? Because I've been there, but what was that experience like for you? And then, kind of, what was that? I mean, in a perfect world, let's be honest. In this offense, you'd never throw a pass, anyways. Right. But was that truly by design, or was that well, we're averaging four or five yards a carry? Uh, we've lost third and shorts. We really don't like what. What kind of were the circumstances that led to in those games to either not call pass or still be successful when you didn't complete one? So as far as ideologically go, I, I will always like being balanced offensively. Um, and in 2021, we led the league in passing. Um, and I threw way more than, than I expect. I'm actually a run guy. Um, the small town I grew up in, in Minnesota, is actually a nine-man football town. And they are run, 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 run. I didn't end up playing there uh, in high school, but um, – they were always a powerhouse and they just ran the ball. So I was like, Oh, that's how you win games. You run the football. Um, and we, we threw it in 2021 cause we had the kids to do it. Um, uh, I guess I, I, I honestly, when it comes down to it, I don't really care. Um, are you winning or are you losing? That's really what matters to me. Um, if we didn't throw a pass the, uh, entire season and we're still playing right now, I would be just, I'd be pretty happy. Um, (laughs) 
it was it was something that I, I did tweet out and I, it's something I'd never thought of. I'm like, I guarantee this is the first time that well, maybe not. No, they had to have. There's there's gotta be some CJ guy or Shamanad guy that knows that stat off the top of their head. But I, I would say it at least tied the record. <laughs> um I we didn't we didn't need to. Um we got stopped at the end when we were taking a knee. Uh, trying to run the clock out, and but other than that, they they didn't stop us in that game. Versus, you know, a, a school that I'd only beat one other time in ten years. So, um, much much respect to to Alter and the, and their coaching staff. What make what makes it so much special when you beat the the team like that is that it just doesn't happen very often. Um, now it appears that the team to beat in our league is Baden. They've been just rolling, but um. Anyway, yeah, I I honestly didn't care. Our quarterback didn't care. He's like I said, he was a wide receiver the year before. He ended up running. Um, we actually ended up. <laughs> I put in the our spread stuff, our our two minute stuff, the Thursday before our first game, and we get into the game and we're behind. And he's like, "Our stuff's not working." It's the middle of the third quarter, and he goes, "Start running your two minute stuff." I was like, "Now." We, we, have, we practiced it for five minutes on air yesterday. He's like, yeah, do it. And we ended up getting like 150, 200 yards of offense off of our, our stuff. They also hadn't seen it on film. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a very, very aware of that. But I was like, I was a little bit proud. I was like, well, we, we kind of threw that together. And it was this, it, we just called it the exact same stuff that we had run the year before. So um, we actually scored a touchdown on it. Um and through and we, we I think we only threw for 450 yards this year and I bet we had close to 200 of them in that first game so um it, it didn't it didn't matter to me I at the end of the day are we winning or are we not winning um and if we're winning I I don't care uh at all honestly you know I've had I've had some quarterbacks that Obviously, this this would not be a necessarily a quarterback system per se, but uh, that care about stats, care about stats, care about stats. So this this kid that we had this last year, he doesn't care at all. He just wanted to win, uh, much much like me, and and that's that's pretty refreshing to have. But if it, if we didn't throw a pass in any of the games we lost this year, and it would have helped us win, I would have been for it. Now you mentioned something there, so I'm gonna add one more question. Is I mean, you mentioned you had a good athlete at quarterback and run games. So when you're looking at your quarterback run game, is it literally just quarterback power, quarterback Trojan, or are you running some like power? Like, cause we played a shotgun double wing team this year and they would run some quarterback power read in there. Yes. Um, so like, what was your, I mean, quarterback run game? So um, we would run a quarterback power off of that Trojan look. Cause that, that tailback would be, so if this is the quarterback, the tailback's coming across and we would just hit power up in there. That was probably our best quarterback play. You'd also run a quarterback counter off of it. Um, like I mentioned earlier is we had trouble with the, uh, if that guy was spilling real hard, we couldn't get the buck sweep. So our answer for it was your power read stuff and uh, power read pitch. I believe Clemson kind of made that famous yeah. um, was probably our best look off of it. Um so we did, we did run some of that. Yeah. Uh, with the quarterback, we ran a couple of plays. One play I kind of drew up was off of our, uh, our, our wing look. 
I was like, well, just because teams would end up chasing the uh, the pulling tight end. I was like, well, if they're just chasing the pulling tight end, just have the quarterback pull the ball. <laughs> so he just fake fake it to the wing, and he carried it around. We we had a, I think we scored a touchdown off that actually uh, against McNick. Um, and sometimes with the, with this offense, it really uh, it's really helpful when teams are very disciplined, very well coached. Which in the GCL they are. Um, they're gonna read guards. They're gonna do this. They're gonna you know sweet. They're gonna run their scheme. Um, where you get some schools we played earlier in the season, they're just not very disciplined. So you can run power at them 50 times. But quarterback run game was pretty big for us. Um, run run option. We would also sometimes read the end on trap. I think that was something I hadn't done in years. Um, but so if that guy, that extra guy follows, you just pull the ball. Um, and you got the, the fullback leading out on it. Had a little bit of success with that. We didn't run a ton of trap. I'm not as big of a fan of trap out of the gun as it is under center. Oh, no, no. We were, ta- it, we were talking about totally that. Different. It's 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 a oh it's, totally it's, different. It's almost a completely different play trap from the gun trap from under center, and a lot of that's just because of the timing. I mean, trap uh, is a play. You got to get to the line in a certain right. amount of time, and just doesn't work. And my my last question for you is because you, you we talked and um, you obviously didn't punt the last. Actually, I'm going to make it two questions, so we'll just do this yeah. and do one. Um, you didn't punt the last three games, okay? Which I've been there. I've worked for a double wing head coach as well and as a DC, and when you would be in your own, like, 25 or 30, and they'd still go just go for it because a lot of times when you run the double wing where it's under center and gun, you're, it's like fourth and one, fourth and two, if, if it's fourth down. Um, so what was kind of, I mean, your mental reaction to that? And two, what, what did you guys kind of – I mean, some you had some success and some non-success those last three games doing it, but what was kind of y'all's go-to on fourth down? What were your, like, top two calls when you were looking at how to attack people on fourth down when you were in those situations? So uh, not punting was something – and it was – we were never way backed up. We weren't, like, the never punt guy, but it would be, like, our own 40-yard line. So um, I'm not calling the defense. So I didn't have as much of a problem with that. Um, he, he rolled the dice a little bit more than, uh, Marcus would let me, but, um, so when I was, when I was a defense coordinator in uh, Minnesota, my head coach was in charge of kickoff and he would either squib it or onside kick it just about every time. So I would have to start with a, with a backed up field about every time as a defense coordinator. So I kind of understand that a little bit. Um, but I, it made, it made my job really easy. I was in charge of punt this year. Um, we did not have any punts blocked. Our uh, punter actually got, uh, I think, first team GCL or first team Southwest Ohio as a punter, and it, it would happen to be our quarterback as well. So you put a little bit of an, an athlete back there and let him roll out a little bit, and it makes defenses tense up some. But uh, it didn't it didn't bother me at all because I want, obviously as being an offensive guy, I want to have the football, want to want to get going. Um, our, our big, big calls on, on, th- on fourth down were Trojan. Um, he, he, again, he, he's run this, this defense here or offense here for years and years and years. And kind of being those old school guys, they just kind of see it. They kind of just know what's up. And he would, he would ask me, Hey, what's the DN doing here? Where's the linebacker here? Um, those were, those were our big plays. And I mean, straight up we'd run power. I mean, that's our base play. 
that's what we're gonna do if it's fourth and short we'd run that um wedge wasn't always as good on fourth down although he would run it on fourth down if if teams are cutting on wedge it becomes a little bit harder to get as much movement as you want but um that that trojan play where they're all going to get squeezed in and we just kind of hit it that gap over um as long as you pick up any of the run through and that's really what that second puller is looking for is that run through and i'd always hey what's your first responsibility run through correct um, if you pick up any run through on blitzes or anything like that, uh, as soon as you get to that edge and, and the kid we had got running it, um, he ran it really well. Um, another play he liked off of it was, uh, is our counter cutback. Um, so we get that, that wing motion coming across, or sometimes he would just leave the wing there and have, have the wing pull up too. So you'd end up having like <laughs> four pullers to the play which I, I thought was pretty cool. Kids do like pulling, um, I found, at least linemen do. But um, we would run that counter cutback, and and Josiah, our, our tailback, hit it just so well. And he'd, he'd, he'd take that ball back, and he'd just put his foot in the ground and, and hit it um, right right to the backside. So those were prior two plays. I'd say that, that counter cutback and that Trojan play. Um, we did run a speed sweep as well. Um, we didn't hit that as well as he'd hoped. And he gets a little, he got a coach white, got a little uh, nervous about it. Cause that is a play you can go backwards on. Uh, especially if your wing doesn't make that block and our wings were a little bit smaller. Um, so you're blocking that outside linebacker type of, uh, of guy. Okay. Well, coaches, uh, give coach a follow on Twitter. Twitter bio is in there. Uh, you can check out his old, um, clinic presentation in the bio as well um make sure you check out our sponsors affiliates the patreon if you want to support the channel at all um trying to think if i'm forgetting anything um other than that um that's another episode of the gap down backer podcast (laughs) 